Welcome to Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hello, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hello, Mike. Hey, good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly. And I just want to say good morning to all of our listeners. Yes, thanks for joining us. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations so you can examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. We have a situation pulled from the headlines today. I ran across this story on the internet while I was doom scrolling, and I wanted to throw it out here for discussion. There are a lot of cultural, ethical, etiquette, and parenting sidebars here. This is an extract from today.com and msnbc.com, and I'll post the links on the show notes. Let me give you a little background, and then we'll discuss. A debate has been sparked after a schoolgirl turned down a classmate's Valentine's Day request, prompting a wave of sympathy for her would-be suitor. The controversy began when the boy's mother, Heather Starr, wrote on Facebook that her son Roman had made a poster to ask a girl to be his Valentine. It didn't go well. Quote, my oldest baby is 14. He has autism, is very shy and socially awkward, Miss Starr wrote. Yesterday, he made a poster for a girl at school and asked her to be his Valentine at lunch in front of everyone. She said no. Starr didn't know her son was planning this grand gesture. If I'd known, she said, I would have suggested he consider a less public approach. But she said Roman has a hard time understanding the nuances of social interactions. Miss Starr's story got national attention and plenty of sympathy for her son at school. The next day, a number of Roman's classmates approached him with kind notes and offers to be his valentine. He told me it was one of the best days of his entire life, Miss Starr told today. One of the notes said, you can do better than her. After the story was given national exposure on the NBC platform, however, a number of observers pointed out that while they were happy for Roman, they were troubled by how the response might affect the girl he asked out. A TikTok user made a video claiming that the boy is being coddled while the girl who rejected his advance was being demonized. Quote, he's a boy who asked a girl to be his valentine, and she, from all sources I can find, politely declined. The response to the story was planted the seeds that if a girl says no to you, she's beneath you, and that women are often bullied or even assaulted or killed for rejecting male romantic advances. Chris Renee, another TikTok user who made a video about the situation, said that she was teaching her children that they are entitled to respectfully decline anyone's advances. She says, is anyone thinking about that girl who was made to feel guilty for having said no? Has that thought crossed anyone's mind? So there's the story a backlash, and a second backlash here. Mike, let's start with you first. What jumps out at you with this story? Yeah, you know, Marna, I this one surprisingly has really gotten under my skin. I mean, it's I think it's a great topic. I think it's very good we're talking about it. First thing I'd say is, you know, this young man is 14 years old, and I assume his classmate is about the same age. So they're in middle school, right, give or take. And I'll just tell you, middle school is nuts, you know? Having had four children who went through middle school and having known a whole lot of middle school teachers over the years. First of all, I'd like to shout out to middle school teachers. They are a higher life form um, because their ability to put up with things is, is remarkable. I think it's the hardest age to teach. So again, middle school is a little crazy. And so just to kind of help us understand 
a little more about this as we break it down. The second thing is that we're talking about a special needs kid. And, you know, we have two special needs family members, and it's a different world. And it's something that many people are uncomfortable with. And if you haven't had exposure to that, and perhaps this girl who was the uh, target of this, um, you know, it, uh, uh, Valentine's uh, invitation. She didn't it made her uncomfortable or something. I don't know, but it, you're in a, you're in entirely different waters when you're talking about special needs kids. Not that you need to treat them differently, but you need to understand that they may see things uh, differently than the rest of the world. So those two things kind of jump out at me right off the top, and um, so I'll stop with that because I know Kelly has some wonderful things that she's going to say Okay, you can stop, but we'll come back to you. Okay. Kelly, your thoughts. I just, it's so tough to be a teenager nowadays. It's so hard. Um, There's so many issues compared to when we were young. Uh, It's always hard growing up. Middle school is hard. I remember middle school. (laughs) I think we all do. was not a highlight of my life. Uh. And I think that's the case for most kids. But especially young girls nowadays, teens, young women, there are so many mental health issues. Um, It's just concerning. And these public invitations are so tough. Um, I won't say how old I am, but I'm not sure how I would handle something like that. If somebody out of the blue, all of a sudden, in front of all these people presented me with something, whatever it would happen to be, that is extremely tough to manage for an adult, never mind a oh, kid, for sure. right? So I, I, of course, I feel for um, the teen who, you know, has special needs and got up the courage to ask this girl to be his valentine and put together a poster. Um, but I also really feel for her because it's, it's a very difficult position to be put in in front of all these people. You know, what is she supposed to do? She certainly has the right to say no. And we want youngsters, you know, teens, both girls and boys to be able to say no. And, you know, getting back to our apology podcast, you shouldn't even have to apologize for saying no. You should be able to say no in a compassionate and kind manner. So it's it's very tough. I, I, I feel for both of them. And I might, at this point, have more sympathy for the young girl or the young teen because the next day everybody rallied around uh, the boy. And, you know, I felt from everything that you presented and that I read she didn't get a whole lot of support. But on the other hand, I mean, some of the comments about the boy, like the woman saying that he was coddled, never mentioning that he had autism or has autism. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, I'm I'm with you on that, Kelly. I mean, I would have been mortified. If a girl had come up to me in seventh or eighth grade and done that in a public setting, I would have been absolutely mortified. Just because that's who I was. I was a super shy kid. Like every middle schooler, Um, I think. (laughs) You know, and the other thing, too, is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, can't you be like everybody's Valentine? Or is this changed in meaning over the years? You know, I mean, I can remember in grammar school, we would have those tiny little 
cards and tiny little envelopes and little heart-shaped candies and you know they flew around the classroom and everybody was everybody else's valentine is that still the case uh, i think in elementary school or grammar school yes but middle school i think is a different a different so? deal and and i'm not sure i've seen several different accounts one account says he was asking her to the valentine's dance but other oh, accounts okay. don't say that they just say he yeah. asked her to be his valentine yeah. i don't know which is true but See, I think there's some there's some general confusion about this. Now, again, I'm sure our listeners will square me away here and inform me, but uh, I, I just it's always been my impression that you can be everybody's Valentine. Um, so just maybe love, that's love, no love. The case all love yeah, all the time yeah, in Mike Derrick's right. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah but if you, you don't, for that. if you don't want to be somebody's <laughs> Valentine. You shouldn't have to be somebody's valentine. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. You know, yeah. and people should learn that sometimes, you know, people say no, and that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. even somebody that has special needs, uh, that's something I'm sure his mom discussed with him, you know, which she probably had an example of a time she wanted to go out with somebody or she asked somebody to do something and they said no. I mean, we've all experienced that and um, it stings, you know, because you want sure, everybody to sure. like you. You want everybody mm-hmm. to be interested in you or, yeah, I mean, that's an overstatement, but we all want to be liked and nobody wants to be publicly embarrassed. And really for both of them, that was publicly embarrassing, but much more for her because being that, you know, from what we read about him, he sounds like he has Asperger's. And so he doesn't have those social, you know, abilities. He doesn't pick up on social cues. He probably felt bad, but he he might not have because of the way he's wired. Whereas, you know, I think it sounds like she really suffered. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, he, he didn't understand really the implications of what he was doing and um, he probably did it with a certain purity of intent and he just wanted to you know put this out there it was probably a huge decision for him to to go out on that limb and then she said no and again I I'm with you Kelly I think she had every right to do that and that you know at the end of the day she seems to come out on the short end of the stick here but again, it's back to middle school and how difficult middle school oh, yeah. is. Jeez. Yeah, I thought my daughter's life was going to be ruined forever in middle school, but she recovered. <laughs> well, we, oh, yeah. we all I, we all <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we, High school is is super difficult too. It's just it's just really hard to be a young person. And, and let's just let's just acknowledge here, and we've talked about this extensively in other episodes, but. What we see on the surface, what happens in real time in the real world, is then accompanied by all the stuff that is going to flow through social media within the network of those kids. Um, because this, this for them at least, for these kids who are plugged into social media, this is this is just half the story. Think about everything that was said or was not said um, on social media between those kids um, as this thing went down. So, yeah, I mean, it's you just get crucified. You're either you're either made to be something fabulous, which you're not, or you're you get attacked and, and blamed 
which shouldn't happen either. I mean, that's where this whole social media is, I think, so terrible. And I wonder if that isn't what's contributed to such a mental health crisis for young people, particularly young women. No, I'm with you. I mean, and in many ways, that's what matters more to these kids. It's less about what happens in the real world and more about what is said about them to them on the different networks. And uh, because that stuff sticks, it's, you know, it's there. And speaking of social media, the mother, the mother. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? In all fairness, historian, I didn't read the uh, primary source uh, posting on Facebook that the mother wrote. So I'm not sure if she was telling them the nice story about how the kids rallied around the around Rome in the next day or whether she was like implicating the young girl. It's not really clear. But why does everything have to be posted on Facebook for it to be real? Because otherwise, Marna, it never happened. Okay, you I know that, Facebook right? Is I mean, kind if you don't, if you don't post something, it yeah, never and, happened. and get liked by a hundred people at least. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what I'm being. I told. think Facebook is a player here. Well, uh, the other social media too, TikTok, because it just amplifies mm-hmm. everything. Right, right. I found it rather hypocritical of these. <laughs> Uh, TikTok personalities uh, that you gave us in the in the materials to prepare for this, Marna. And I found it rather hypocritical that these people talked about how this thing never should have gone viral and that, you know, at, that all the damage that caused. And here they are pumping up their own numbers by commenting on this uh, thing, which clearly had gone viral. So anyhow. Well, side yeah, it, it's all pretty um, derivative, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I mean, the mother did, um, I read the mother's post, and she said several times that she didn't blame the girl. Um, she went out of her way to say that and and just was very complimentary about what the kids did for him and how it made his day, that all the kids at his school the next day or within the next couple of days, you know, presented him with a poster Ask you know, asking him to be their Valentine, and everybody wrote him notes, and which really is so sweet. And I think that's something that we wouldn't see in our day. Like when I was in middle school, I mean, if you got ostracized or people didn't like you, forget it. Nobody cared. Nobody wanted to be kind to you. Nobody bothered. So that's great that that that's the way this generation is. That they all did that and. They care about kindness. They know it's important. But this whole public invitation stuff and this big public presentation when it comes to these dances and stuff, I mean, it just makes no sense. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'd like to make a modest proposal that prom (laughs) proposals, marriage proposals, declarations of love be more private like they used to be. Ooh. That's a big ask, Marta. Well, everything's big ask. Even like when people are getting ready to have, you know, the big reveal with which sex their baby's going to be, they have all these, they do all these crazy things. And to me, that should be such a sacred private moment. And to turn it into a circus, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. I'm with you, Mike. Everybody knows I'm a, everybody knows me, knows I'm a curmudgeon. (laughs) So I'm just trying to you know, support that. Well, I was in New York City this past week on business, and there was a pigeon 
that died and it had been dyed either blue or pink I forget which color and the authorities you know surmised that somebody did it as part of a gender reveal and it killed Yuck. the pigeon oh really Oh, geez. You know, I'm not a big pigeon fan. We didn't know that about you. Yeah, Chicago. I mean, like, who is except the crazy lady in the park? Uh, but <laughs> they were looking, they were trying to track this down because there was so much concern about somebody harming an animal. I don't know what to say about it. And then you put the, the person in, in a terrible situation that you're inviting to this, you know, that you're asking to marry you or you're inviting to the dance. It's almost manipulative because... It's it's so public. How on earth, unless the person knows it's coming, and then why are you doing it? How can they say it's no? It's a really good point. Again, it should be a private thing. Remember be. that scene in the movie Working Girl where I think it's Alec Baldwin, the, the actor, proposes to Melanie Griffith in public in a bar in front of all the people, down on one knee, and he says, will you marry me? And she said, maybe. And he said, <laughs> "He said, oh, come on.' She goes, "You want another answer? Ask another girl." <laughs> yeah, all right, good. In this good. story, I do like the middle schoolers who aren't necessarily known for their sensitivity. How they rallied around Roman and propped him up and built him up. I thought that was really sweet. Maybe at times some of the comments were misguided, but it was a wonderful opportunity to talk about, uh, like the mother said, some of the social cueing that. Uh, somebody with Asperger's doesn't have because maybe a lot of the students just don't realize what that's like. When I was in grammar school and high school, we never saw the special needs kids. They were in their own private classroom. Uh, That was before mainstreaming. And I noticed in my kids' classes, when they were in high school, the uh, special needs kids every day would bring a cart of like snacks and things into the lunchroom and walk around to the tables, and they would sell snacks and granola bars and that thing. So they really interacted a lot with the other high school students. And I have to say, the other high school students were very protective and proprietary about, they called it the Rebel Club or something. And I thought that was a a really nice thing that the high school did, part of the culture. Yeah, you know, as we look at this story, too, just keep in mind that young man uh, will have special needs his entire life. He may have had a misstep there and done something that, yeah, probably wouldn't have been a good idea. And maybe he should have told his mom beforehand and she would have waved him off. But, um, you know, the fact that his classmates reached out to him and built him up and made him feel better, that's going to stick with him for a very long time. Yeah, that's the sweet part Mm -hmm. of the story. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend. She's the mother of a boy with autism. And the story is that the mother didn't know that Roman was going to do this. But I said to my friend, if you, if your son had said to you, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to write, make a big old poster and uh, ask this girl to be my valentine in front of the whole <laughs> class, uh, what would you say? And she said, I would ask him, have you ever talked to her before? And if he says no, she'd say, well, I'd start with the conversation with her first before you do this. Mm-hmm. But apparently Roman's mother didn't know that he was going to do this. Right. I mean, middle school kids do stupid stuff all the time. (laughs) Amen to that. I mean, so it's not just that, heck, adults do. I mean, so it's not just that Roman has Asperger's. I think any 14-year-old could have, you know, made that mistake and 
done that. Uh, I mean, probably a sensitive kid or someone that didn't want to be embarrassed or really cared what people thought of him might not have. But yeah, I mean, definitely good advice to actually speak to the girl <laughs> and know the girl before you put the poster together. The gumption that he had to summon to do that is is pretty remarkable, I think. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm the only guy in this conversation that was a middle school boy. I'm just saying for the <laughs> record, okay? Well... And, uh, you know, I was, I was frightened of girls, okay? So... <laughs> but the only thing I'd say is, you know, on the one hand, I'm saying good on him, but he... I don't know that he, because of having Asperger's, I'm not sure that he would have had the fear, the trepidation, or the understanding of what he was doing because he doesn't mm-hmm. have those, um, he doesn't have those social abilities. And you're saying you don't think that he's um, as devastated as someone who doesn't have Asperger's would be. I don't. Th- like I think I'd I'd carry that trauma around with me forever. I think yeah, I don't yeah. think so, but he certainly sounds like he was disappointed from what his mother said. But I don't think mm-hmm. it would have the impact on him that it would on somebody like like Mike. Like had Mike done that and he just explained how he felt as a middle schooler, uh, you know, I, I think on a non special needs teenager that could impact them for a number of years they'd be like i'm not asking anybody i'm not doing that oh my god i don't want to feel that again looking forward what could have made this uh situation a little better well one is making sure if if your kids are in school and they have uh special needs kids who are mainstreamed with them you know you need to have a long serious discussion multiple discussions about you know what it's like to deal with a special needs kid and that your expectations have to be different. Um, not that you treat them differently, although that may be appropriate depending on what their special needs are, but you have to educate your kids um, about what that means and what's that, what that's like and what the world must look like to those children. It's a wonderful opportunity to exercise empathy and compassion. Right. It's a great way to teach kids. Um, and more, like you said, Marna, I mean, it's for most children in public schools these days, they have exposure to special needs kids. So, The girl still should be able to say no in a nice, compassionate, kind way. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's important for us all to feel comfortable mm-hmm. in saying no and in having boundaries in place, whatever they are and whatever we're comfortable with. So I, I think that's important. Uh, but I agree that it's great, you know, to have all sorts of kids together at various times throughout the day. And the schools should also do a good job because these kids are mainstreamed in making sure that their classmates understand their challenges. I mean, that's really on the school to some degree. And I, I will met, mention an organization that I think is is tremendous, and maybe we could post some information about it, um, Lorna. It's called Best Buddies. And my son has participated in it some, um, I think especially early in his high school years. And it pairs students, uh, kind of mainstream, um, non-special needs students with special needs students. And they do some social things and they spend time together. uh, And it's really nice uh, because it allows them to connect in a more 
you know, intimate ma manner, like whether they're going bowling or meeting just to have, you know, something to eat at a fast food place. Um, it, it's really a great organization, and it was founded by, I think, one of the Kennedys. So perhaps we could post a link, folks could read about it, because not all public schools has a Best Buddies organization in place. We could do that. They had a Best Buddies program at the university where I used to teach, some of my students were involved with it. It was wonderful. Oh, that's great. I didn't know they had it at, at the college level. Yeah, I'm not sure if um, the special needs folks were in the university or was it a community program. One of my students wrote a paper about it, and it was just really heartwarming. We'll post a link. Any more thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I just I want to revisit something that both of you have said, and that is that, you know, there are some occasions when we perhaps should not make events public. We all have seen it where something goes sideways because it should be a one-on-one -on -one private event and all of a sudden it's turned into a media circus. You know, maybe that's something people can think about as they consider what are the important moments in your life and who should be there. I think there's something a little bit more personal and profound to a marriage proposal than doing it over the PA system at an air show or something stupid like that. Yeah. It's yeah, cringy. Right, it's cringy right, to me. Right, right. All purpose word. Yeah. <laughs> so Kelly, anything further on this before we move on? No. Thanks, Marna. All right. I've got a comment about our show on apologies. I was late to my hairstylist appointment because of there were some slowdowns on the highway. So I was fifteen minutes late. And typically I would have said, I'm sorry, I'm late. But this time I said, thank you for waiting. So that's what you told us to do, Kelly. And that's what, uh, what Mel Robbins told us to. Thank you for waiting for me. And my hairstylist said, you got that from your podcast, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. She said, yeah, I listen. I listen. And the other thing I wanted to tell you is my sister listened to the podcast, she and her two kids. And she said, because of that segment, Kelly, they've started an I'm sorry jar, like a swear jar. Whenever wow. you throw out a gratuitous and unnecessary I'm sorry, you have to throw a quarter in the jar. That's that's clever. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Reshaping the English language based on ethics yeah. and etiquette. Nice job. It's made me realize how many times I will do it in in emails or yeah. work emails yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And I've cut down on that. I, I've I'm I'm with you. I have tried to, if not cut it out, limit it dramatically and just not make it a reflexive response. Save it for when you really mm -hmm. need it, and then it's going to have an really impact. really sorry, yeah. So that's it for me, Kelly. You had an end note for us. What would you like to say? Yeah, Marna, I just want to send love and prayers to our teammate, Judy, um, who's been fighting a serious illness. Uh, and just want to say, and I think you'd agree with me, that no one is more determined than Judy. So if anyone can overcome this illness... I know it's Judy. You got this, Judy. Yes, Judy, we're with you, and we're going to send love and prayers out to her and her family. We're thinking about you. Okay, and Mike, you had an end note as well. Yeah, thanks, Marna. I just, we've talked a lot about gifts and gift giving on this podcast, and um, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Mark, who surprised me this week with a remarkable gift, which was perfectly placed and well-timed. Um, Mark and I were working on a project and uh, he came over earlier this week and he brought with him in this big bag a U.S. Army hospital blanket from before World War II. 
and um, he had several of them at home, and uh, he just thought I might like it. And I tell you, it is it it just so happens that my father and mother had one of these when I was a kid, so it it evoked memories of my childhood. And um, in and of itself, it's a remarkable piece. It's beautiful wool, and um, you know it's really old, and it's got hand stitching on it that says U.S. Army medical department. So I tell you, it was just really thoughtful and uh, warmed my heart. So Nice. Is that one of those green wool blankets? No, it's the cream colored with the purple stripe. So oh. it's the old classic hospital And it's from blanket. before World War II? World War II, Where yeah, in the world from, did he uh, find that? His dad worked in um, medical supply, and um, He's had several of these in his family over the years. Not only is it a great gift that he gave me, but, you know, I think it's a it's a good reminder that we probably all should be cleaning out our closets. It just was so uh, well-timed and, and uh, so thoughtful. So anyhow. I've never seen one of those. Do you think you could send a picture? Maybe we could even sure. post it on yeah. the website? Yeah. Because I, yeah, I thought the same thing as Marna. I imagined a green wool, you know, sort of army blanket yeah. but this sounds yeah. something no these are different yeah. it's made for with a finer wool and uh, a finer weave and again my parents I remember it being on their bed when I was a kid and um, I don't know where that blanket went but so anyhow it uh, it hit me on a couple different levels so nice job Mark all right I'll put a picture of it yeah send me a picture and uh, the fact that your parents bed had one too I think that's really nice so keep giving gifts, folks, you know, brighten people's lives, make the world a better place. That's going to be it for us today. Let's keep this conversation going. Send us your thoughts, inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com or go to our website, ethicsandetiquette.com. Our Instagram is ethicsandetiquette. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And thank you to all of you who keep recommending Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. See you then.